1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. It happens every night. Yeah, every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. No. Summer heat never treats me kind. It leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. Sick. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. No. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Oh, budget live, not so live from the low budget live bar and grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And I hope all you low lifers are doing well out there. This is the podcast for Monday, February the 13th. And if you're just tuning in for the first time and you're wondering why insulted you or you're feeling insulted by being called a lowlifer it's a term of endearment around here it's what the listeners of this program refer to themselves there so welcome to the low life and if you heard that there february 13th i hope wherever you're sitting listening watching this if it is indeed on monday february the 13th that you got your lady something you heard me get your lady something valentine's day is a tricky one, right? Because we go all in at Christmas, and, and, and through all the years of doing this show, you, you know, you hear me talk about how bad I am at Christmas. And then we get set up to fail for Valentine's Day. Just right around the corner of February, you got to come up with something. You got to get a little chocolate. You got to get, get, uh, get, get some dinner reservations. You got to get some balloon animals. I don't know. Whatever your lady's into. Chocolate-dipped strawberries or my move, because no matter where I'm at in the country, I can get on a website and I can send them. They send them on dry ice. I've never even seen them, okay? But I set that precedent about 10 years ago with the Triple Threat, and it's a move, fellas. It's a move, and no, I don't have a sponsor plug from them. You can get them some LOB jigs at Baitworks, too. Use code Duncan-10, but for some Pro Guy batteries, even. But those chocolate dip strawberries are the move. They show up. Send them to them at work. Send them to them at work. But if you ever start that, 
if you ever start that, don't stop because there's been a couple years where I, I either ran late getting them ordered and they show up late or they maybe they they just uh, there's a little bit of worry that comes along with it. So I'm absent minded, which y'all all know, and uh, make sure if you ever start something like that that you can that you can damn sure finish it. But it's here, it's here. We probably need that. Uh, what's that? Yeah, this one. Valentine's Day. Seriously, don't mess that up. Fishing season is here, starting to warm up in a lot of the country, a little bit. You know, this is the time of year where I start thinking about it more and more and more. January, even though I fished that ABT 100, unless I'm in Florida in January, I, I'm over it. I fished this week at home, and it's brutal. It's brutal out there right now. It's a lot of bait, typical, a lot of bait, a lot of fish piled up around bait and don't want to eat. They got a lot, they got a lot of real ones to eat, so they're ignoring your stuff. But, uh, but you know, it's it's that time of year where you're gonna start thinking you're gonna be wanting to go turkey hunting. You're gonna be wanting to go do some stuff here pretty soon. Deer season's over. Get your honeydews done right now. It's fishing season. Get you some chocolate dipped strawberries. Send them some roses. Do something nice for them. All right, that's my PSA of the week. Gotta thank the sponsors of this program real fast. Star Tron, Star Bright, kicking ethanol in the teeth, and keeping your boat clean with the Star Bright Cleated products. Fine people down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Ethanol, however, is not fine. It will gum up the works in your outboard engine, in your chainsaw, in your weed eater, in your lawnmower, which I wouldn't mind. I hate my damn lawnmower. But ethanol is in all of our gas. Unless you're buying ethanol-free gas, then you're going to have some ethanol in there. And then you're going to be paying too much at the pump. We're already paying too much. So get you some Star Tron. A little dab will do you. It'll kick it in the teeth. Get it out of there. Make sure you don't have... Stupid dumb ethanol messing up your life. We appreciate the folks from StarTron. StarBright bringing you LBL Pro Guide batteries. Got to stretch them bad boys out this week. And some stupid wind trying to fish in the OX21. Those lithium batteries from Pro Guide on the trailer motor side. I'm running them this year. They're fantastic. That 31 series AGM cranking battery is money. It's also money for a trailer motor battery. If you don't want to stretch out and get those lithiums, Get you some of those. I ran them last year. They're fantastic. You can use code LBL10 at ProGuyBatteries.com to let them know you are a low lifer. Baitworks.com. I'm, I'm mumble mouth today. Baitworks.com. Bait-Works.com. That LOB jig. I finally got my shipment of them in, of the actual production models. And, uh, man, I'm so pumped about that still. Be sure to go check them out. I know some of y'all are starting to think about getting on the water. I'm seeing y'all tag me. If you if you go by any, tag me on social media. I like seeing it. I want to share it. It makes me proud, man. And it, damn sure when you start getting uh, getting bit on it, tag me in some fish pictures too. I want to share those as well this year. But you can get those LOBs. I'm going to do a video of the color selection and everything this week, hopefully, to show you the colors in detail. Post that on the YouTube channel, all social media. Uh, just kind of real proud of the colors. We got some more colors coming, but I'm real proud of the original six that I designed and, and uh, kind of hand tied for them, and they mimicked them perfectly. And uh, it's just really cool to see. So you can use code Duncan 10 at baitworks.com, bait works.com, Duncan 10 to get. I mean, they got it. They it, they got it, and they'll get it to you. That's the overwhelming thing you hear about Baitworks the most. Just don't order it if you don't want it. All right, baitworks.com. Get your wife some jigs. Last but not least, hang the banner. A lot of people give me crap over this banner, and I want to say for the record, if it looks like it's crooked, it's not. It's most of the time it's the camera. But this is the Bassmaster Classic winning 
Bassmaster Classic Banner Hanging Express X21 Pro, all welded aluminum boat, bow to stern, 250 Yamaha show on the back of that bad boy, sea deck bow to stern as well, massive amounts of tackle storage, massive live wells, great hole shot, absolutely love my boat. Every time I get in, I just smile. I just ride around like this. Hey, I don't even fish, I just ride around more times than not. Love that freaking boat, man. I'm so, so grateful to be in an express boat. But get off me about the banner. My buddy Fat Cat, he's always like, we've got to change up your look. And I would like to do something different. Y'all comment on this if you're if you're still listening. Uh, I do kind of want to change the look of the show. I'm, I'm messing around with different cameras and things, and, I, and I'm kind of bored sitting at the bar and grill. I'll be honest. I want to change it up a little bit. So uh, the banner may go, and we may, we may be doing something different to represent good old Express here on low budget live but one thing is for sure express boats building excitement since 1966 we're doing a live podcast in the express boats booth at the bassmaster classic we're also going to do one hell of an lbl party at the classic details to come on that working on that still but one thing is for sure express boats booth bassmaster classic throwing down big old massive live podcast that's where you can catch it at the classic all right moving on here we go here we go bass pro tour is back this week the Bassmaster elite series are back this week we got live action baby had some live action last week got to give a huge shout out to an old buddy of mine i'm gonna try to get him on here in the next couple weeks josh weaver joshua weaver which is very professional sounding but old weavy when uh you know, got a big win down there at Okeechobee in the first invitational of the year. Long, long time coming for that boy. I fished as a co-angler against Josh back in the day. Great dude, great family. His dad, his brother Daniel, some of my favorite folks I've ever been around in the fishing world. So so I was grinning ear to ear whenever he dropped 31 pounds on him on day two, and then he had like 26-something on the last day to take it home and um, blow the thing out man he's had some great success down in florida but just a good dude and uh you know it's all i talk about that a lot it's one of my favorite things about the fishing industry is just the folks you meet over the years and whether it's you low lifers or or people i've competed against and that i'm i'm very fortunate to call friends that uh it's awesome to see man because you know how much work they put in and and they're obsessed with it which i say a lot but they're obsessed with this this dream with this goal and it's it was just really cool to see him finally hoist that trophy. He's been close many times. Got a big Toyota win a few years ago, but he uh, he's he's on a roll, man. He will uh, it'll be hard to handle this year. He might win Angler of the Year in that. I would not doubt. Josh is a very consistent angler, but uh, had a lot of success as a co angler, and uh, just very happy for him and his him and his family. Josh Weaver, so congrats, old buddy, on that. But yeah, live fishing uh, started back last week fantastic and uh gosh man so great and not not to be not to be blocking about this but it's so great just watching old school bass fishing chatter baiting swim jigging braid singing damn boy give me some of that inject that in my veins y'all can all have i mean i love live scope i'm a garmin guy y'all know that i'm all about that life that's fine i understand where we're at as a sport but damn boy if you told me this is no joke and people may laugh. If you told me I could catch a 10-pounder looking at it on LiveScope or catch a 10-pounder flipping a bush or throwing a buzz bait, like that's how I want to catch a 10-pounder. Now, I want to catch a 10-pounder anyway. They'll bite too now. 
you know, I, I, I don't full disclosure, but if I had, if I could pick, if they said, if the good Lord came down and said, Luke Duncan, you can pick how you want to catch your personal best pass. I'd be like, you see them lily pads over there? Yeah. See that bush? Quick. That's how I want it. That's how I want that 10 pounder. No disrespect to anybody catching giants on live scope, you know, jiggling stuff right in front of their nose. That's cool. I can't do it. That's cool. I like I like catching them on live scope. It's fun, man. But that's bass fishing to me injected into my veins. So that live coverage. And I love, man, I miss Florida. This week, uh, you know, being off off the road more and more and more tour-wise and then uh, not fishing the Opens this year, that normally January, February window, you're, you're getting ready. You're getting your stuff ready. You're rigging up braid in a garage, and you're getting, you know, way earlier than than the rest of the country, and you're getting ready to go down there. And and, and I always went a couple days early and seeing on social media all the Elite Series guys, BPT guys are down there, and they're warming up. And then you got the FLW, uh, the MLF FLW Invitational going on down there. Okeechobee, and God, I miss Florida. Florida fishing, like, again, no disrespect to, like, Texas and them lakes. Cause they're kicking out just like 13, 13, 13, 13, 13, 14, 13, 12, 13, 14. They got freaking giants. But dude, the way you fish in Florida, when it's on, gosh, it is so much fun. If you've never had a chance to go down there and you don't necessarily have to go in the wintertime. That's just when it's advertised, right? Because it's cold everywhere else. So it's fun. You get down there and in January, you might catch some 80 degree weather. And in February, like the uh, MLF guys did this week and the elite series guys are going to have some decent weather, I believe, but you can go down there you can get out of the cold and the way you get to fish, it's just so much fun. And so not a lot of live scope looking down there. Uh, even though, you know, in the Bassmaster Open last year, that was a big player at Toho, but it's a little deep, you know, a little deeper, a little different deal. They were out on offshore hydrilla, but in, in our MPFL event down there this past fall, a lot of live scoping going on too. So, I mean, it happens down there. But, man, that hand-to-hand combat, son. Whoo! Josh Weaver caught him like two sevens back-to-back yesterday morning, just bowed up. I love that stuff, man. Absolutely freaking love some bass fishing. And I'm tired of the water temperature being like 50 degrees around here because I'm ready. I'm ready for some of that. Ready for some of that. I'll tell you something else I'm ready for. To talk to our guest today, this dude is awesome. That That is uh, one of the most simple but but best ways to describe this man. I've gotten to know him over the years. He is one of the hardest workers in the entire bass fishing industry, whether it's on the water, prep, social media, content, just giving giving it every ounce and not taking anything for granted that he has been given because his story is a little different than ours because he is from Australia. They don't even have freaking bass. And my man at the end of next month will be fishing that beautiful Bassmaster Classic up there in Knoxville on the Tennessee River. We're going to get the sauce from him presented by the W Sauce America's Worcestershire. The W sauce. It's good on everything. Can almost drink it. Wouldn't suggest it, but you could. You could. Don't drink Startron. You could drink the W sauce. Add it to a Bloody Mary and whatnot. We appreciate the folks from the W sauce bringing you these great interviews. But ladies and gentlemen, the Aussie. I have to keep my wife away from these interviews because she's obsessed with Carl and his accent. So Triple Threat has been banned from the bar and grill. Ladies and gentlemen, Carl. Jacobson. 
Well, as promised, we have connected with the one and only Carl Jacobson, the Aussie Bass Assassin is my new name for you, just in case you were you're wondering. Like Carl, <laughs> thanks for joining us, buddy. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's been uh, haven't been on on your podcast yet, so it's uh, no! appreciate you having me on. Well, and I think well, that well, we did the man cave deal. We did the um, yeah the boats and pros. pros. Yeah, with, that was the, cool. with the purple bullet, that was the weapon. <laughs> We're lucky to be alive. Like that's the main thing. Each day, you got to be thankful after that shoot. <laughs> Listen, people have no idea, and I told you there's a guy from my hometown. <laughs> that bought that boat from that dealership I borrowed it from the next week. And I'm like, buddy, good luck. Be, ca- be careful. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. You calling it a weapon will always be my favorite yeah. moment from that series. <laughs> this thing's a weapon. Yeah. yeah it's super cool. But I didn't realize, I, I think, so I keep a running list of guests I want to have on and I try to, I try to mix it up all the time. And it hit me last week. I was like, I haven't had Carl on the regular. And I get a lot of requests too, to have you as a guest. And I was like, I haven't had Carl on the regular podcast ever. I don't know why that's never happened, but I'm glad to finally make it work, dude. Yeah, no, it's cool. Cool to get the season kicked off. And uh, yeah, it's good to see, you know, the fishing pod cast sort of taken off i know there's a bunch out there but it's just cool to see it all happening and um yeah i i actually really enjoy them you know I, i'd i'd like to start one myself but it's like you just it's a crazy thing where you're just like oh there's so many how do you make it different and um you know watching podcasts is a is a part of my sort of almost daily routine when i wake up in the off season clicking on all of you different guys, listening to different people, learning stuff. I think it's super cool. So I actually enjoy getting on here. Well, and you and I have talked about that before. You're a big Rogan guy. You listen to Rogan a lot. You listen yeah. to, I know you, you did the Meat Eater podcast, right? Didn't you go yep. there with, yeah. with Brandon? Yeah, yep, me and Brandon went Yeah, in Montana at the, at the home of Meat Eater and got to catch up with Steve Rinella and all of those guys. Yeah. Made some amazing contacts with them, but that's the stuff I like is like talking to guys that are just like, you know, high end into their either sport or whatever they love to do and, and, and talking about it, just bringing up stuff that sometimes doesn't get talked about or issues and learning, just learning. I love learning, you know, and that's YouTube and all of that is just so crazy for it. Like a lot of people do take advantage of it, but that's one thing people like, Oh, you made it or even talking to Van Dam and, swindle and all of these guys they just they love learning that's what you you find out about the top guys it's like they don't they're not just there and then they've made it and that's it they are constantly looking to improve themselves in some way every sort of different aspect of life well i think and that's that's interesting because i i think our sport and maybe it's every sport but for whatever reason with professional bass fishing if you don't constantly learn and change somewhat, you're done. Yeah. I mean, you you really are. And I've seen G, I mean, as, as close as he and I are, his fishing style changed. Now he's still at his core, the Gerald Swindle I've known my entire life, but he's willing to go out and get better with forward facing sonar up his finesse fishing game for going up North. I mean, he's constantly trying new things, new baits. He's a tackle junkie. You know, he likes experimenting with new things. I think that's interesting, especially those two names you mentioned, like Van Dam and Gerald, they, they could just lay up, right? Like, they, yeah. 
oh, okay, they're here. They got the, they got the, they did it. Yeah. They did it. Yeah. But yeah. Man, they constantly want to keep pushing. And I think that's, that's the neatest thing about our sport because if you're going to stay in it at the level you're at for as many years as those guys have, you have to constantly adapt because it is always changing. Yeah. It's that Swindle's the perfect example of like, uh, him staying up with what's happening. Like, instead of complaining, ah, oh, social media, now it's become this, there's all of these kids, college, they had it better. Like, you just hear it, and those people that say that, it goes, it doesn't end well for you. It's the complain and no one cares. It's like, they just, and Swindle's a perfect example of like, okay, what have I got to do? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, what have I got to do? And he's just constantly chasing it and staying up with it, his career is just continually growing still. And so that gives me not only inspiration, but makes it look like, oh, that's what I need to do, be doing as well. Like you constantly got to be growing no matter what level you've made it to in the sport. you got to continually like push. And it's the same with techniques. It's like, yeah, you might be good at that, but that's not going to be like that forever. Like it's going to change. You're going to have to adapt. Well, I think we saw that back in the in the early days. A guy, because before social media and live coverage, a guy could get on a run with a certain little sneaky technique and dominate, you know, for a little bit. Yeah. And he could maybe lie on stage. Not that fishermen lie. Nobody lies. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but he could say, I'm catching them on this, this pin right here everywhere I go. And then you find out, wait a second, that's not what he was using at all. But now there's that's out the window between yeah. – between photo galleries, uh, live coverage, GoPros on every boat. I mean, everything's changed. So you do have to uh, you have to get it while you can if you find out a little sneaky deal, but then you better be trying to figure out what's next or adapting to whatever lake you're on, uh, whatever technologies are coming out you can't. I mean, that's what frustrates me, and I actually talked about this before I got you on. I'm old school, even though I love live – like, I love it. I love forward-facing. I've been – with Garmin for years on that front. But I, I was watching uh, the invitational coverage down there at, at Okeechobee where you guys are going to be this week. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's bass fishing to me. Just that locked up. It's like you with the big yeah. glider. Like, sign me yeah. up for that more so. Like, if I could catch a 10-pounder on forward-facing and open water or doing that, I want that. Yeah. Like, I want the big heavy yeah. cover. Like, that's how I grew up dreaming of going to Florida and flipping fish out of reed heads and all that. So, yeah, but at the same time, you can't discount forward facing and you can't ignore it if you're going to do yeah. what you do, right? I mean, you just can't. Yeah, you've got to, um, like, it's just, you've got to be good at, at everything, but like, it's just so many people, like, oh, you know, oh, it's all changed to this now. Like, it, it hasn't, it'll go back to the other way. It always does. And like, Mother Nature has a way, no matter how good the hunters get with, trail cameras and all the deer are just like hey i'll just come out at night and then he'll never get me you know they think they're smart like i feel like mother nature has a way of protecting itself we do have to manage ourselves a little bit because humans tend to get a little bit too they're not greedy but like we'll just keep pushing it till it gets crazy you know like we like to we like to grow so there is a little slight management there but um most people just need to know that um, all of us are fishermen, you know. I just hate people. Oh, look at all that technology you got now. I absolutely love fishing out of my bass boat. It's got the highest end technology. It's got 
mega live 360 it's insane and it's everything that i've ever dreamt of but right behind us is this little tiny creek right here and i'm going to grab my rod and throw a frog in it it's not connected to okeechobee and i'm going to walk the bank and love that as much we have a little pond all of us the highest end guys are walking down fishing with a backpack my main sponsor is hobie and that's because i've always fished out of a kayak since i was a kid and that's my getaway. Most of us are fishermen and forward facing is just another, it's another way of catching them. And it's so fun to catch them like that. I actually love it. And I've learned more about bass in the last couple of years since having it than I have my entire life almost. Like, wow. It's a, you, Cause you're just, now you're seeing how they're reacting, how many are actually down there, how many are actually not eating your lures. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. holy cow. And you're actually learning, but they're adapting at the same time. They're getting caught and learning and figuring it out. And it's just another way. But all of us here, from what I've ever seen, making it to the top end is we're all just fishermen. We love fishing and love the outdoors. And we just decided that at a competitive level, like you got, you had to, you wanted to push it and take your hobby that you love to the highest level you could. And that's how you got here. But at the core, we're just fishermen. We just love fishing and, However, we want to catch a fish, we're gonna we're gonna try it. No doubt about it. And and I say this week in and week out, but talking to as many guys as I get to on here, the overwhelming theme is you have to be obsessed with bass fishing. I don't care if you because people are like, oh, it's about who you know. You hear you see those kind of complaints. Oh, it's who you yeah. know, and you, you, oh, well, that guy's just got good social media, so he's this or he's that. And it's like, no, at the root of it, you have to love and be obsessed with fishing or the rest of it doesn't even matter. In my opinion, to do it at the yeah. level you're, you guys are on, it just, you've got to love it to want to do it. Yeah. It has to be obsession. Like can't live without it. Like it can't be like, Oh, that looks cool. I might try that. You're going to run into stuff that you're going to say, there's no way I'm continuing to going to continue to do this. That's, you're just going to run into so many brick walls that if you don't love it, this is the only thing that you can possibly think of every single day. It's just going to get too hard and you quit. And just the names that for me alone that have I've been able to surpass over 10 years of guys that were so much better than me, way better anglers, more experience, had more opportunities, lived in America, born in America, dads took them fishing. It just got too difficult now like and they're out and i don't blame them it's not it's it's hard but i decided that those setbacks i wasn't gonna let that um turn me away and just kept chipping away chipping away and then eventually something's gonna give in the universe is gonna say far out this guy is not gonna give in and you're gonna get some doors that are gonna open and um there is an element of luck you gotta have you know there's there's you well, I'm, I feel like I'm lucky, but I also like made sure that I didn't just leave it up to that. I was lucky with my feet running as fast as I can run in every aspect of life. Like that, that's where I think people sort of mix it up. Like you can't get lucky and then just make it and have all of this stuff. It's just, and live everything. You've got to be going as hard as you possibly can at every single second and just have this little bit of few things go your way but i feel like they'll go your way when you when you push it like that hard eventually you'll run into a little bit of your luck i I love that so much man knowing your story and and i hate the word luck 
yeah way people use it but, right like yeah. using it correctly and it's that old saying of it's when prop preparation meets opportunity and i yeah. think you're living proof of that looking at your track record since you got in the states and i and i love that you didn't have a dad that took you bass fishing in the United States. Hell, you grew up on a continent yeah. that didn't have a damn bass, man. That's when yeah. I, think, I think I said that on, on our Boats and Pros episode. Like, what's your excuse, folks? Like, what's your excuse to not chase your dream or not climb the ladder at your job that you want? I mean, whatever the case is, you don't have an excuse. And, and when I look at your journey, you bust on the scene in the elites, and it doesn't go the way Carl wants it to go, like the way you would have dreamed it. And yep. you, you didn't requalify after a certain yep. amount of time you join. I was on the FLW tours when I was first around you. Some you come fish that do well, you fish the opens and you know what you did. You fought your way right back in. Yeah. You made it, you made it back in, you get a win. Yeah. Lead series. And now in one month, let this sink in. And I know you have, but in one yeah. month, buddy, <laughs> You're going to pull the fear of my heart rig <laughs> to the Bass Master freaking classic. And yeah. Dude, that gives me chills just saying. Dude, I got that. goosebumps. That, I got that goosebumps right now. Incredible, man. Are you yeah. – is that starting to sink in for you? I mean, I know you got work to do first. We got two elites yeah. before that. But are yeah. mentally, are you already thinking to ahead to Knoxville and, and rolling into that arena? Yeah, I'm definitely um, – there's just such a fine line because I sort of wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit. I get, I, I soak in a lot of different energy. And so I have to be careful because I get emotional when I think about it. Cause I'm like, Holy cow, I can't believe like this, but I've, but I've got work to do at the same time. So it's like, it's a, it's a balance of like putting my head down, making sure I'm thinking about the fishing and, and winning and going to give every my all and not let all of these little things come in. Um, but man, it's, I just wish that, um, people, like the people that I'm probably going to get introduced to as my, they haven't seen my backstory and most people don't know it, but if you imagine a kid growing up in a small country town in Queensland, Australia, looking at magazines, getting bought, Van Damme's videos and putting them into the cassette thing and watching his spinnerbait tips and um, watching um, Bassmaster on ESPN and I'm not even in the same country and I'm telling people that's what I'm going to do. I remember like I used to, I was probably like 16, 17 and the tournaments were starting to get bigger in Australia and I just remember I would watch um, that, the classic, and then I would I would tear up and get um, goosebumps of thinking about me fishing that tournament. And that was, that was 21 years ago. So <laughs> I've, um, you know, I, it was, it's, um, I wish I could explain to people like what it kind of takes and what it is, but um, a lot of it, there's so many different variables, but a lot of it for me is imagination. I had a crazy imagination that that could happen. And I would think about it and, somehow I just kept chipping away slowly at whatever those steps were that would get me towards that. And at the start, it was, I need to do well in Australia first before I could even think about doing that. So all of that was in the back burner and I had to make sure I got to a stage where I had dominated everything I possibly could in the Australian fishing scene. And it took me 10 years. And eventually that's what I did. I got to a stage where I thought, 
I've almost done everything I can possibly do here. And I have the name now to say, maybe I'm the guy that can come over and actually do it. I wanted to be like worthy of it, not just do it because maybe I could afford it or have this and that. I had to be like, I've earned my way to be able to come over and do it. So that was a 10-year journey just in its own before I even stepped foot into the U.S. And um, But, yeah, just I've thought about it and thought about it every single day of my life, woken up, thought about it, and then now, like, my family, my friends, Australians are going to be sitting in the stands with the wow. Aussie flag and <laughs> I'm going to be driving into the arena. <laughs> that's crazy. what I was going to ask. Are you going to have family coming in from Australia and friends? They are going to get to come to the event? Yeah, I think there's it's it's super expensive, you know. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, right now, I'm like still trying to get a couple of my my sister and my mum and stuff over, but it's it's really hard because they've got families and like you know they really want to be here, but you know I think the flights for just five of them were like fifteen thousand dollars or something wow. just to just to get over here. So, but at the moment, there's at least fifty to maybe seventy Australians that are gonna come over already. <laughs> so um they I, the A B T it's gonna be crazy. Listen, official invite right here looking at the camera, there's gonna be a low budget live party on Saturday night. Okay. The location I don't, don't want to wish this. Bring, I don't know if you want to wish this so on yeah. Bring it, baby. Let's go. I am here for hanging out with the Aussie crowd. Saturday night. You think that know. bullet was dangerous? Wait till you get drinking beer with the Aussies. <laughs> I, want, I want a dose of that. I need that on Rocky Top, Tennessee, baby. I need that. So yeah, awesome, it's going to be, yeah, Australians, when they get to come to America, they get really inspired and they, they just love the freedom and all the things that America is about. But a lot of them go to LA, New York, Orlando, Dallas a little bit maybe Nashville maybe they really get to do the touristy stuff which is cool but I feel like um, Australians don't really get to see like the America that I get to see a lot of yeah. really, I, I call it real America because the stuff you see on the news I have never seen that with my own eyes ever in 10 years over 10 years of living here I'm like and so Australia is like, oh, look at how crazy this and that's happening. I'm like, yeah. that's like, that isn't actually America. That's the stuff you're seeing on the news. When I come and you come and you get to go behind the scenes and get to meet real Americans, they love Australians. They love people. They're proud of their town. They're proud of the cities. They want people to come. I, I remember when I was here, I always couldn't believe Americans would always say, what did you think of um, our town, our city? And I used to think it was so weird because I'd never ask that. I'd say, what you, you know, I wouldn't say that in Australia. I'd sort of maybe say, what do you think of Australia, maybe? But I felt like they always asked. I hope you had a – they really wanted you to have a good time and enjoy their town or their city. And, um, and you get that when you get outside of the big cities. That's when you start to get the welcoming feeling that Americans have, that have given me and – that I've experienced and I want Australians to experience that. And I know they're going to get that in Knoxville and Tennessee. And when they're in the, um, you know, just when they're in the arena and meet people, because Americans are super proud of what I've done because they understand yes. a little bit more about how difficult it is. Like they know, like, Holy cow. Like I live here and I've done this. And I know what 
how difficult it is where and now a lot of the Australians are going to be able to come over and kind of see that, which is, is I, super cool. You've always been so, to me, just an, an inspiration, man, from everything that, that you've been able to accomplish. But in a year, like we, we just changed the Bassmaster Open format, right, where you got to, uh, in the industry, you got to fish all night. And I see these guys on the internet, and they're like, oh, you just eliminated my chances of ever being able to be a pro. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, See Carl Jacobson's story, enter yeah. <laughs> in all caps. And I'm like, and then shut up. You know, I mean, it's yeah. true. It's like you don't have an excuse. And I, I think it'll be so cool for your friends. They'll feel that, man. They'll they'll yeah. feel how many people pull for you because your fan base, man, when I'm around you at the classic and stuff, it's like you, you just see it. You just see it growing. It's it's yeah. so cool to be a part of it. I get to spend a lot of time with you in the TH booth every year, whether it's ICAST or the Classic. Not this year. Not uh, yeah. With you at the Classic this year. Uh, yeah. At the party Sunday night when you're hoisting that trophy, man. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna, that would be that would be insane. I always said to Kayla since about 2015, 16, I said the first Classic I make, I'm going to win. I always used to tell her that. And uh, I just, there's something about it I've always felt. So, um, but no matter what, I'm just going to soak in, you know, every second of, of that because, you know, it's something that's super special. And I've just, yeah, I've dreamt about it my entire life and it's actually coming true. So it's, it's, um, yeah, talking about, you know, the amount we sold these classic shirts. They're like a supporter shirt and yeah. we had the Aussie flag on the back, but we got the same ones made with the US flag on the back because the Americans, they love to support me and they, and they, we sell 50 50 of each. And it's wow. like, that's super cool. I think the, the, the fear my heart just with this, we did rep the most sales we've ever done in the last you know eight years or something on fear my heart just through my supporter shirts and and all of that so it's all of that starting to like ramp up and just seeing the support from you know both countries physical oh i see i see guys in the open that got fear my heart carpet decals on their boat yeah. it's, it's so cool to see that that is because it is your lifestyle it is definitely you know you, you get knocked down but you're like I, i'm not out and you always come back stronger than ever you work on your weaknesses you're very proud of that um and now right over your shoulder which i think she's gone now but i was almost distracted during the last thing your baby girl keeps popping up in the back of the camper and it's amazing she's waving really you can like, see her yeah she, pop, she popped up like she's popped she's gone now she keeps popping up and like banging on the glass like that she's trying to save you let, let's talk about that a little bit. You got Riva and you've got Rue and Kayla on the road now. Yep. Yep. How, so how is, I mean, you, you were telling me before we hit record, she's been on the road with you since she was two weeks old. So yeah. you guys living in the truck camper, have, have you had to adjust anything to make life with the family? Cause Kayla was always with you. She yep. helping you with content, making sure you got what you need. She is the, perfect definition of a supportive wife i mean she is she has been with yep. you. you guys have been this team since day one on the elite series but how is it with, yeah. with the whole family on the road now it's it's amazing but you know a lot of people probably don't realize that you know we have a 13 month old baby in a truck camper and you know there's a lot of challenges that come with that um but we're always just you know we adapt and and we, we're always just sort of grateful for the life even though like hey this isn't this is a bit difficult um we're always like 
that's what I've always tried to do is when I've run into something when I'm like, man, this sucks. Like as far as like when we used to be in hotels, I'm like, I don't like this. This is not good. I've worked. What's what else is out there? How can I change this? Don't just sit in that and be like, well, this is how it is. And that's how we discovered more camping, truck camper. Then our life improved because we were now camping. We had our own spot. And, and I always try and chip away at little things like that. And, um, that's just helped us like grow and grow and grow as a, as a family, as a couple. But without Kayla, there's just no chance of me being here. You have to have um, a partner in life that's just believes in you and is your like number one fan and is going to support you and make, you know, your life as good as possible. And you're going to do the same back. So you're both trying to get on the same level and, um, you know, Kayla has done all of this fear my heart stuff with her mum, Sherry. They've just been incredible. Otherwise, I couldn't do it. And they don't see behind the scenes. Kayla is a full-time mum, plus helping me, plus putting my boat in, plus helping with content. She runs a couple different social media pages. Like, she's just flat out. And that's what it takes to sort of survive in, in the fishing world. It's, it's not easy. It's, a, it's flat from the second you get up until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Often I'm taking phone calls from Australia, business stuff. It's um, it's flat, but that's we love it. We absolutely love it. And River has just like, man, I can't believe it. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. I, people have always said it, and I'm like, it sounds good, but then one day I was like, man, I want to be a dad. And since that day, like every day has just gotten better. And uh, she's 13, 14 months now, and she's like, she knows she's calling my name. She's starting to make a few steps. She's like got a little personality, and it just gives you like some real meaning to life. Like you just you feel like I know what I'm doing everything for, and um, it does make it a bit harder to like be away, and it makes it harder like being out on the water for long days because you just you want to get back and see yeah. her. <laughs> And you don't want to miss you don't want to miss like a second because one big long day on the water i come back and i'm like she's changed she's yes. now she's doing this and um but we're super lucky because we're creating a life where we can be together a lot like so much of the time we're not away all the time we get to travel together see awesome places and river is growing into a cool um she's gonna have an amazing like growing up because um, she sleeps amazing. She doesn't let anything bother her because she's been in the truck in the camper since she was two weeks old. She's been to Australia. Like we, she did a 17 hour to Australia and uh, she slept in the plane. She slept over there. She was just no trouble. And I think it's a lot because we haven't got that like set routine and she just figuring, she just figures to go with the flow a little bit. And it, it's worked out. It's working out really good. But it comes with its challenges in the morning when River's asleep in a truck camp. I'm tiptoeing like a mouse in there. <laughs> Trying to get your rain suit on quietly. <laughs> yeah. Making too much noise. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to. And she's up. She's up. She's ready to get after the day. So. <laughs> she's ready to rock and roll like that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. How she's was that? Be- Oh, sorry, buddy. She, how was that. that going back to Australia? I know you guys, you don't get to go a ton, right? Like you don't no. get, to, like we said, I mean, it's very expensive going back and forth. There's a lot of headaches there. I know in the last few years, just with COVID and things, you guys haven't got yeah. to go back. How was that getting to, to take her over and Kayla? Uh, had Gussie as a stowaway too. I know he ended up over yeah. there. 
Uh, but snuck him in. Snuck him in in your suitcase yeah. over there. Uh, uh, I was, we're going to come back, actually, just from social yeah, media. Yeah, I know. Gussie didn't want to leave. He was going to be like, <laughs> this is where I'm staying. Um, it was amazing. You know, I hadn't Because of COVID and all of that, we hadn't been home since 2018. So it's been the longest that I hadn't seen my family for. And then we had Riv, and Riv was getting to – eight nine months old and my mom and stuff just sort of you know you can zoom like this and facetime but there's only so much of that you can do without actually getting the hold on and so yeah there's a you see a video we posted like my mom and my sister were yeah. at the airport and we flew in and you know riv was right there and was super emotional for everyone and riv just sort of like took to him straight away that you can tell she knew like who they were and seeing all my friends, my family, and just, you know, we were there for five weeks, I think, and it just went in the blink of an eye. I, I had to do a lot of work with sponsors and stuff, which was great, and then we fished the Baratour with Gussie, which was pretty much the trip of a lifetime, even for me, and Gussie's just like, he's like, when are we going again? He just, <laughs> he wants to go, so um, we are trying to set it up to make it a little bit easier for um, in, people in America or Canada that want to come over and experience it because it's 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 something special it's like everything you've ever dreamt of with bass fishing but they're 40 to 60 70 pounds hit the same lures and in the same kind of scenarios and not many boats around you're sort of in the outback Australia sometimes you're in the mountains and you just the fishing is just phenomenal and it's something that like I think a lot of people in america would like to experience but it's just kind of difficult for them to do it unless we set it up like that like hey you're going to fly into brisbane fly into mackay and then uh, aussie will pick you up and you'll fish with them and they'll show you um the ropes and we're going to try and set up a few more trips and get some of the elite series guys over there a bit more often to fish that baratour because that, that would um, be cool it'd be pretty cool yeah. cover it a little bit more a bit more video like it'd be Getting swindled over there with like the Aussie version redneck listen, swindle. Be- listen, nobody in the world doesn't need that. Okay, Carl, listen to me. Listen, that does need not need to have. That'll be an international crisis if you send his bow yeah. ass over there. You can't, you can't do that to us. <laughs> They'll be like, "This is you're talking about Australians seeing America on the news." You put him in Australia, be like, "This is what Americans are." <laughs> This is real America, guys. Here you go. Is is G Man? Yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty special. I'd love it. No one would understand anything that anyone was saying. Everyone would just talk, and no one would get anything. You know when Rue looks at you funny when you say something. Yeah, like, everybody would look at Gerald the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be some laughs. It was the bar tours, like. Man, it was like kind of going back in time. Like it was just teams, events, super relaxed, chilled. Everyone helps each other. Like this has hurt me, and I've spoken about this before, but the motto in Australia for ABT that like like Bassmaster has, you know, big stage, big dreams. Um, Australia, since I was a kid, 14, the motto was who shares wins. And so it – it, because we're not fishing for a lot livelihood, everyone has full-time jobs and you were just getting away and fishing. They tried to really keep the fun and learning in it. And so 
my whole career in Australia, I showed everything that I ever did to everyone before the tournament would even start. Like they'd be coming over to my boat and I'd be like, um, switching plastics, half ants head. This is what I'm doing. And I'd show them. And then I would still do really well. And I still was able to win. And that's how it still is there. Like, when we'd get off the water, everyone would get together and you're like, man, they ripped this treble off. This didn't work. Try this soft plastic. Everyone was just trying to help each other. And you could see how excited everyone got by just talking about fishing. Like, the pa- I don't like that. That's why I love, like, Gerald and Brand and Gussie, like, and Josh. The guys that I get to talk to, I just we just love talking about fishing. I hate that feeling of, like, oh, you can't say anything. When I figure a pattern out, I like like oh this is happening and we get to talk about it and that's sort of where half my passion comes from is just telling someone and learning them telling you and it gets a little bit lost here because of how much is at stake which i i get but at the same time i just think i don't think it hurts you that much i think it's something that um we all need to like be a little bit conscious of and make sure you're just not being super secret squirrel all the time I think that it, it matters who you talk to as well, because you got to be able to trust yeah. them, you know, because yeah. you can get taken you can advantage get it back. of. Yeah. Unfortunately you can get taken advantage of in this, in this sport, just in life yeah. in general at times. But yeah, that was always my favorite part of, of traveling and having a core group of guys that you could lean on. You're like, Hey man, I just got bit doing this in this situation. And, the ideas that would come from that of wh- how they may approach Maybe they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And and then on tournament day, it might be lunch and your deal might not be working. And you think about something Gerald said in the back of your mind, well, maybe yep. they'll eat that jig on this same situation. You throw in there and, and catch one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, it's got to come back. It's got to come nice. back. Like, yeah, you get with the guys that are going to give it back to you. I've that's seen right. it come back tenfold by, by doing that, but you got to, be around the right four group of people i think is the most important and then yeah but yeah that's that was what me and gussie noticed the most is like far out everyone like these guys we we become good friends with in the end i hadn't met them before but they were just they were hammers and they were like the local guns on faust and we didn't know that and we end up finding their spot basically and they were like holy crap gussie and carla here we kind of like went through all this timber and then we were fishing they were on the winning spot and we went right around them like we were casting like close to them and we just didn't figure it out you know if we'd have parked right there we would have had they won and i think we come 18 and then there was another tournament two day out the next day and they told us hey man you guys missed it by this much they said hey just go down 100 yards tie to that tree the same fish will be coming through and me and Gussie did that at a blast for two days. And I'm like, that was super cool. You know, that was the sort of stuff. Yeah. Gussie's one of those guys that I, I was actually talking about him yesterday to a friend of mine that when, when we were on the FLW tour together, there is zero malice in that guy whatsoever. There's zero. He is the sweetest human being, nicest guy. And he was always a guy that I like talking to in the way in he just tell you hey try this tomorrow yeah yeah just fantastic human uh yeah. and there was one time down at down at okeechobee where you're sitting right now and 20 might have been 2017 2018 i can't remember but gussie and i were in the same area on day two and i was catching them i called him pretty good the first day and i was catching them the second day and he comes over there and he says hey 
what are you doing with that thing? <laughs> yeah. And I was doing something a little different. And I said, all right, come here. And so, and he goes, I've only got four. I was throwing back like three pounds. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. he's going, you know, yeah. the deal. like that stinks. Yeah. Watch that. yeah. And he yeah. fishes, and I'd already ran off two or three guys that were trying to yeah, slide yeah. in there, but Gussie oh, was never yeah. that guy. And he was like, Hey, what's, what's going on? So he comes over, I rig him up a bait. I threw it to him. I said, go finish your limit. I was like, but don't do it right here. Okay. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, okay. And dude, the next event we're at Lanier and I had a, I had a, I really thought I was going to catch them there. I had a difficult first day and I ended up jumping up like 80 spots the next day based on a little bit of a change he told me about in the weigh-in line. And yeah. he, he repaid it. And I'm yep. like, you know what? That guy is real. That's a, that's yeah. is. I've always, and I thought a lot of him before then, but I thought yep. that's a guy that you can trust in life. He's, he's a great guy. And I think it's so funny. Yeah. You two together because you're both just the nicest people I've ever met. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We've got, we are like, we are nice, but like, we got some, we got killer in us when it comes to like competition. Like, Gussie's a good, Gussie wants to catch everyone oh, and yeah. wants to win everything just like me. Like, but, and that's, you know, they get people like get mistake that sometimes for niceness, but it's like we want to, oh. we want to win. We just don't act it. Like we don't put the act on, and that's that's fine too. But you know, I just I I prefer a better, you know, to have a more humble attitude, I guess, towards things. That's what Gussie has too. But then when competition time starts, you need to. It definitely hurt me at the start. I was way too nice, like way too nice in those first couple of years. And it, and that, so it, but it helped me to get those things that happened to me where people cross the line. I'm like, man, I, I actually let that happen. That shouldn't happen. And, um, I learned from that. And you just got to know when to kind of stand your ground and know you're in the right, hold your own and when to be like, nah, it's not a big deal. We can, we can figure it out. I think that's difficult for a lot of people when they first start, like when you first qualify. I mean, I know in, in the FLW days, I was like that. Look, you roll up on a stretch, and here comes Larry Nixon, and it's like, right yeah. this way, sir. Here are the yeah. ways I was going to fish. Go ahead, you know, and you're like, what do you, yeah. you do? You've got to have a little bit of that, you know, killer instinct at times. I know you've got it. You're you're so you're super competitive, and 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 I will agree with you with that on Gussie. He, yeah. he can play Mr. Nice Guy, but that dude yeah. with Ron Real is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. He's dangerous. He, um, yeah. You just um, – yeah, what was it? I was going to um, explain it. Like, yeah, what I, what I did um, is try and through 15, 16, although it cost me then by um, doing a certain few things where, like, I yielded – to a guy that I had a lot of respect for and I didn't push my limits, I sort of earned respect off the group. This is, this was my mindset is like, I, if someone told me I was a poacher, you would, I'd just crawl in a ball and die. I did not want that. I never wanted anyone to think he come from Australia, just following these guys. I'm like, I'm going to find my own fish. I don't care if I come dead last. Um, every time as long as like I haven't like encroached on anyone done anything wrong or someone I don't like anyone having that feeling even though you you get thick skin and you're gonna have people like the start of social media people say stuff and it hurts and then you realize that it's just that's just how it rolls with those people and so so I tried to earn my respect with the elite series guys and I think 
although that cost me a lot of money and a lot of finishes and all sorts of things in those first few years, now when I roll up to a spot, I'm more likely the guy to know that I'm not there just because of him. I found them and they're willing to help me and let me in there. If they come first and they know I'm going to share that. At at Oahe, Seth was on this one cast deal and it was really the only spot that I had. And I rolled up and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, Seth, is there room for two? He's like, hell yeah, get in there. And he's the first thing he said, he's like, I know you'd do it for me. And I was like, sweet. That's awesome. And then me and him side by side side and it worked out and then but people have done it to me and this happens it's a small world you you be a you be a prick long enough in this sport you'll burn enough you're driving up there's guys that drive up to me they see me and they just drive the other way because they know that they got no chance of me letting them in because they know what they did so i'm like it it comes back quick so you got to be careful of being like real hard ass on like no one's coming in on my spot to like now I got nowhere to go and no one will let me in ever. I've really got to find my own stuff if it's covered up. So there's, there's a big balance there of like how to, how to figure all of that out. No, I, I agree. And I, you see that at all levels, but at the top level where you guys are, there's not a lot of y'all, right? There's not yeah. a lot of guy. It, it's a small field and word gets around quick. You get labeled yeah. as that guy, the poacher guy, it it goes through like shockwaves. People know, yeah. and and then once four, five, six guys have that same experience, you're not going to share those. You're not going to share a spot with somebody. You're not. And you're not yeah. invited into the community. And the same all. as the guys that like don't let anyone in. Like if you go near them, they're just gonna. You got no chance. But then, hey, if you want to, then it come, that comes back on them too. They're like go to slide in their spot and you're there they got no chance coming in same comes back it's a it's an interesting sport it's, it's a, it is a very interesting sport and you're playing you know we always say you play it on public water too so then you got that local aspect as well at times it's like yeah. man it's a lot of dynamics so speaking of spots i had this in my notes i've got a bone to pick with you and put you on the spot with this i had taku ito on. i don't know if you i know you listen to low budget live some yep he was very frustrated with you, Carl, because he said he could not fish the bridges at Gunnersville because Carl was there. I'm on everyone all the time. He told me on the show, he says, I don't like Gunnersville because he doesn't like fishing grass. I was like, well, what about the bridges? And he said, Carl's on the bridges. <laughs> I own them. I own all the bridges there. You're not allowed on them. If I'm not there, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm on the no, way to it. Spot. I told him, I said, well, maybe, Taku, you should pay the bridge fee to Carl. There's a fee. If yeah. you pay Carl, he'll scoot over and you can throw it to the corner of the bridge. He, he But he was very frustrated. That's one of my favorite things I've ever said. I'm a bridge You're the troll. troll. That's what I called you. I said, he's the troll <laughs> under the bridge. He should be ashamed of himself keeping little Taku off the bridge. <laughs> I'm a troll. I'm a bridge bully. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's the only way I know how to catch him there. If there's no bridges, I'd be, I'd be screwed. <laughs> uh, that, that, he and I had a real fun conversation. That's funny. That was something that came. He's like, I don't like gunners. I was like, we need to fish a bridge, Taku. What's your problem? He's like, Carl. Carl's on all the bridges. <laughs> it's funny how you run into certain people all the time like you must fish similar so like there's people that you just don't see all year you're like is that yeah. guy, is that guy even fishing yeah. like out here and then there's guys you're like 
every time you turn, like they're there and you're like, all right, we've got the same sort of half plant. You know? Yeah. But um, Is Taku one of those yeah. guys? Do you run into Taku a lot? Uh, obviously not enough because he's always on the winning fish somewhere and I'm nowhere to be seen. So I need to see Taku a little more. Yeah, you need to look I actually, you don't. Yeah, you don't see him that often actually out in the water. He's pretty he's pretty well, he's low key. A, he's in a bright yellow boat this year. So there you go. It's mm. like DHL. He's he's ripping some delivery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I saw the other oh day. really? Yeah, That's DHL. Cool. Yeah, he's drunk yeah. boat. He posts the other day. He's uh wow. No, I had a I had a blast talking with him on here, man. It's and I think that speaks to just how how cool our sport is. Obviously, you being from Australia, but these these Japanese anglers have came over for a long time and had just this a lot of success, but they have a little bit of a heads up because they have a Japanese tackle, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. But B, they yeah. do get to fish for bass. Unlike yeah. you from Australia, they do get to fish for bass in these crazy uh, pressured situations. But it is it speaks volumes about our sport that you can come from a different land and be able to be successful. It's 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 pretty daggum cool, man, to be a yeah, part. It's the American dream. It's, you know, I just, I never want it to, I don't want it to get lost, you know, like, and I don't think it will. I think it's all, it's, it's there, but um, I would love to see more Aussies um, get over here. I don't want to be, I don't care. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, I want to be the only Aussie. And I want to try and carve a path and COVID sort of really hit hard a lot. because A lot of Aussie, I was lucky I had my, visa by then i was able to stay here but that really like set the aussies back two three years from happening um but there's a young kid right now his name's tommy wood and he's coming over and he's super talented he he's won the bar events he's um the bass blaster asked me the other day like how um japanese guys are really good at um finesse tackle and you know all of the different ones he's like what are the australians good at and um the way i could explain it is we uh, probably, I think Aussies are the best all-round anglers for any species because of the way our country sets up. There's Australian bass pockets and then there's barramundi up north, Murray cod, saltwater fishing, all really close. So a lot of our guys, they'll fish all the tournaments for brim is a saltwater fish, barramundi up north and our bass. And they're great at adapting. And that's why I was able to make it because I just sort of have a good understanding of like, fish in general and take like the spinner baits that work for here and utilize it here and so this kid tommy is coming over and he's i we sat down with him and i was like this is how i would do it now and set like a three-month plan up for him and he's going to go as a marshal in three or four events he's going to fish as a co-angler um in three or four of the bassmaster opens i got him hooked up with a few of the u.s guys and gussie did too he's going to practice with them and so I would love to see a few more Aussies like having a crack, but when they ask me at the same time, I'm just, just like take a deep breath. I'm like, I just know what you're in for, man. <laughs> if you're you willing to go, well, how bad do you want it? <laughs> but I want to be here to be able to help them and try and make you know so they don't make the mistakes that I made along the way that were like major setbacks. Although they were good learning, you know, things for me, I'd rather someone not have to run into all of that. Well, it's like how bad do you want it too, right? You got yeah. to want it. Like you said, you got to yeah. want it. But I think it's cool that they have you as an example, man. That's got to be something that for future generations over there, fishermen, they'll always be able to say, Carl yeah. did it first. 
and this is yeah. how and that that's that's got to be special for you man i know it's, it's special for me just to say that like that that's that's something that uh you should never take for granted and i know you well enough to know you won't yeah no it's super cool that the the cool part uh, going home is like the guy um, that started ABT Australian Bass Tournaments, Steve Morgan. That this was his dream of what I'm doing. Oh wow! Like okay. not 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 him so much to do it. Although he came over and fished, he wanted to create a platform to be able to help an Australian come over and see if they could make it. And so okay. he he in the early days he actually flew to America. And he competed in FLW tournaments. He fished Clear Lake. He went as co-angler. And then he would borrow someone's boat, fish as a pro. And he did, he actually did really well. And he was, and so he basically emulated the FLW and ABT and took it, uh, and Bassmaster and took it to Australia and started Australian bass tournaments. And when he did that, it created some pipe. And he started getting the local bass guys and there'd be 30 boats, 40 boats. And then all of a sudden, this is what got me into it, is they had at one of my local lakes, they had a grand final. And I walked down there, our, our Bassmaster Classic, you know, it was only their second year running. And I walked down and a guy imported two American bass boats and they were parked on the bank. And I walked down there and they were like fully rigged, decked out bass boats. And I was 14. And I was like, holy cow, I had a little, this little tinny with a, you know, a little um, trolling motor on it. And I thought it was the, the bomb and I saw that. And that sort of started getting me into it. So Steve ran that. And then the prize for winning that grand final was expenses paid trip to America to see if an Aussie could, they, just so they could experience, but then see if they could carry it on. And so when he set that up, that was, I was like, that's my in. And then I competed for 10 years. And on my 10th year, I won the grand final. And that got me the trip to come to America and start to experience it. But what I'm doing was his original dream. Like his wow. setup. Like, I'm going to create, I'm going to create this tournament and this series to see if we can get an Australian to come over and actually be competitive in the U S and I end up being that guy, which is wild. So going home to Steve and seeing him and giving him that blue trophy to hold, seeing that fishing the ABT is like he's he's been a huge supporter. That that's amazing. That's the trip that you fished the US Open, right? When you met Fred Rimbanis and all yep. that. That's that's that yep. Okay. yep, I did that trip, met Fred, came second in the US Open, and um and and that's how that's when the ball got rolling. And Steve and Nicole, who run ABT, do that whole they they set up this trip where twenty they set up they told everyone hey if you want to come and watch the classic we're going to do everything flights accommodation the whole works and this is what it costs and they put a package out there and i think they got 25 people and so they've got a group of 25 aussies that are all flying in together staying together they'll be in the show they'll um bassmaster is going to help us out trying to get them a little section maybe give them a tour um behind the scenes and yeah. stuff like that so it's it's gonna be cool listen my apologies right now if they show up on sunday to that final weigh-in when you're gonna fix them to win and they're hung over from low budget live live <laughs> on saturday night aussies don't get hung over that's not a thing <laughs> 
We haven't heard of that before. You've never heard that word? That, that's no, not what is that? <laughs> yeah, what, I've never heard this thing you talk about. Listen, uh, you're talking cool. to an American that knows that word right now. <laughs> yeah. I had, so so I've, I'll give you some parenting advice. Keep a lot of alcohol around because my, my stepdaughter, Harper, is going on 22, and I got to meet her new boyfriend last night for the first time, and that's why mm. I hung over today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's an intense that. situation. Now, I will say this. She's been through – she's not had a ton of boyfriends in the 10 years I've been in her life. But I, So, my I have, you know, from my former life, I have two two boys, you know, so I never had to deal with all this girl stuff yeah. until the last 10 years, right? And Harper's like, she's my girl. And yeah. it's rough, man. That part of it's rough. The protective dad thing is yeah. true. Yeah. And uh, she's had three or four boyfriends over the years, but nothing real serious, but she is – all about this guy and i will say he's an outdoorsman nice. he, he likes to hunt and fish and this is the first yeah. one she's ever dated that i could actually have a conversation with so not nice. not bad but yeah. get ready for those days pop up because that, that's not yeah. easy no that's not looking forward to that i'll be i might be in jail at some stage but they just yes. <laughs> I'll yes. end up killing someone. It was crazy. Yeah, listen. Yeah, that that's. I'm always. Harper came in a couple weekends ago, and I had like three of my shotguns. I've been on a duck hunt trip, and I was cleaning shotguns on the. I was like, "Hey, you bring her boyfriend's name's Keaton." I'm like, "Is he coming over today?" Because I'm just going to leave this out if he is. Yeah, I just need leave him know. Yeah, I need him to know. Be... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, man. So I, I am so proud to hear that there's going to be some Australians just there, just representing in Knoxville. Hey, you know me, I'm a Tennessee. You're a Tennessean now, brother. You yep. are, you're, I can't yep. get you to say go Vols ever, but you are, uh, you're a Tennessee boy now, whether you like it or not. Yep. No, I, I, I actually, I love Tennessee. Kayla hey. does too. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. Uh, I'll, I'll say on this now, just because it's going to happen, but when Taylor and I cleaned up Gunnersville. We got thousands and thousands of comments saying, hey, let us know when you're going to do that again. We're going to help clean up. And we did all that trash clean up with yeah. Gasmars. Awesome. Well, we, we've organized one right before Knoxville. And so on the 12th of March, if you're watching this and you're in Tennessee, this is the best podcast to probably let you know. Um, it's a Sunday, 12th of March. Um, we haven't released all the details yet, but we're going to do a big River Knoxville cleanup um, right before the classic. So nice. it's going to be um, it's going to be a big a big deal. So we're doing that through Fema Heart and a lot of my sponsors and stuff are putting it all together. Clean Up Tennessee um, is involved in a lot of a lot of those organisations. They're all going to be there. We've got the high school teams coming, so it's going to be it's going to be big. We're going to try and do a bit of a cleanup before the classic happens. Very cool. There's plenty to clean up on that Tennessee River too. It's a it's a mess. Yeah. It's probably just the one thing that really gets me about like not just America, but I just don't know why people do it. I'm like, man, it's got they're just not working hard enough to like fix that problem. I'm like, we're just yeah. just crashing your backyard. Like it's so beautiful. Like Tennessee's just mountains and in nature and wildlife and all of these cool things and then we just do that i'm like it's some sort of i don't know what's got to change but i don't know if it ever will but we'll try and do our part clean it how up many how many nerf nerf footballs and basketballs do you pick up when you do that <laughs> i know it's crazy. everywhere on the tennessee river when it floods, yeah we got sports equipment everywhere it makes no sense yeah. i don't know where all of it comes from <laughs> 
my entire life. Yeah, it's wild. Soccer it's, balls, it's, it's actually, balls, yeah. Like, uh, the stuff you find is crazy. Refrigerators, yeah, gonna, it makes no sense. Yeah, no, nah, it's the wildest stuff. But yeah, we're gonna try and so 12th, do our bit anyway. Twelfth of March. If you'll, if you'll, and you'll, you'll be busy between now and then. I wrote a note down. Yeah. I'll be sure to watch for your social media stuff to share that as well. That'd be cool. Try to get the yep. word out in, in our good state of Tennessee here so we can uh, – folks can do their part. That's for sure, man. It's the volu- – yeah, where's the volunteer state come from? It's that kind of stuff, isn't it? Like they, they just – Yeah, well, the, it, came, it came from uh, Davy Crockett, uh, who's from my hometown, born and raised. Davy Crockett, you know, oh. shout out to Big Davy and his coonskin yeah. cap. But they went to the Alamo to, uh, to help – you know, fight down there on the on the front lines, and that's where they got the name Davy uh, and his volunteers. He took a a group of uh, soldiers down from Tennessee to fight. I believe it was with Sam Houston down there in uh, the Texas Texas Mexican War, maybe. Um, yeah, was, huh. but yeah, that was, that was kind of that's where the name came from. Davy Crockett and volunteers. So now if you had a war, if you had a war, they might be ready to do that, but they're not ready to fight against trash. <laughs> And uh, we just, we're fighting trash right now. It'll be good to go on the rubbish. Yeah. The Mountain Dew, the Mountain Dew cans, and, and <laughs> yeah, right. packs. Tennessee. All right, I want to ask you one thing: Will you win an Elite Series on a glider this year? Will we see it, Carl Jockers? Uh, we're definitely going to see it. It's if it's not this year, it's another year. I'm going to win an event on a glide, man. That's I reckon that's the closest anyone's come or I've come anyway at Chick. You know, I had those, it was it almost, yeah, it's set up so perfect. It just, I get dreamt of that scenario and that little cold front just knocked it back. And that's the battle that it's why people haven't won on a glide is because you need perfect conditions every day for four days straight and you just rarely get them. And if you're going to throw it, you've got to be committed and that's what I did. Um, I made a little adjustment on day three and caught a seven and a six nearly back to back and got back in it again. And but literally, at, I had a five and a seven. A snap clip opened up. Yeah, I remember. Seven pound fell off, and I win. Those two stick, and I win. Like I had the win and fish on in that event. Um, but yeah, just it's all it's all scenario. If things line up at the classic, gets a little bit warm. Who knows? <laughs> we get a little bit of heat. <laughs> I love it. Come on, sunshine! I say, come yeah, on, sunshine. Yeah, we needed we needed to warm up a little bit, but yeah, it's um. They, I, I want to be there when you win on a glider at the classic, and all those Australians are in there, and it's just we just get round. Uh, and you yeah, it's, it's gonna get wild. It'll get wild. <laughs> Ten Knoxville will never be the same. I, listen, if you win there after Tennessee beat Alabama this year, this past oh, fall, Knoxville's had a rough eight or nine months of, of yeah. just people acting a fool up there. I feel like if you pull that off, we'll burn that damn place to the ground, Carl. I'll be right. Gotta, it'll be a real riot. Yes. For, for fun. I'm here for it. Because we want to. Have, you ever, yeah, seen, have you ever seen The Rock at Tennessee? It's this historic deal. Yeah. So it's on campus. They spray paint it different things and for game okay. weeks and things. I've got to try to get somebody to paint a glider on that for the week of the classic. Yeah. Big glide. Get, put a big glide on there. Make, Fear make my it heart. happen. Yeah. Happen. Glider 2023. <laughs> Carl uh, Jacobson, cool. you're the man. I appreciate you coming on and talking Thank to all you. these low lifers, buddy. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, appreciate the support you've always shown us, mate. And, um, yeah, excited to get the season kicked off. Boat and truck here ready to go. About to start rigging tackle, and I'll be on Okeechobee tomorrow morning. That's starting to grind again. Here we go. Yep, here we go. Thank you, Carl. Thanks, mate. All right, that's all she wrote for the Aussie there, headed to the Bassmaster Classic. I, I'm so proud of that dude, and I'm so proud to uh, to know him. And if you ever get a chance to meet Carl, if you haven't, you see him with fans. He takes his time with them, and he just appreciates everything, man. He does. We did a Boats and Pros a few years ago, like we talked about there. And he uh, just just a joy to be around is the best way to describe Carl uh, when you get a chance to meet him. So come out and support him in Knoxville there at the Bassmaster Classic. If you're in around Elite Series this year, go up and say hi to the Australian Bass Assassin. I appreciate him coming on, and I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in this week. Again, we're going to throw down at the Classic. A lot of y'all are messaging me and asking. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, working on it. Uh, I've got a venue just dialed. We're just we're just working through the details right now. It's going to be fun. Some surprise guests. I don't know that we're going to do a live podcast. I think we're just going to throw a party that night, and the live podcast will be in the Express Boats booth. That's what I'm tentatively planning right now. And uh, make sure if you're going to be in Knoxville that Saturday night that you are going to be able to hang out with the low lifers, all right? We'll take you all out with some Bluxy Blues just like each and every week. And we'll see y'all next time. See you. To I never could make it last. Spanish moss and Civil War ghosts. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows. I'm leaving those burdens in red. It does not know my name and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another place and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to go.